Well, hello there, people from the planet Earth. It's Jupiter, and welcome to the very first episode of Jupiter Says Hi. Now, this is a project that I've been thinking about for a while, and I finally decided to get it done. Now, um, if you search for this name online, you might find something on YouTube, and that's mine as well. I'm um going to delete that <laughs> later because it's a project that i started off in video uh last year during my winter break but i figured that my life wasn't that interesting um to show on video so i just uh, i decided to start a podcast because audio is a little bit easier to deal with and because i tend to talk to myself quite a lot so this is useful i i have a lot to talk about um, and also the idea that, you know, being a YouTuber, um, is just way too overrated these days. Now we're going to talk a little bit more about that later, but first I, I just want to, I want to introduce myself because this is the first episode, right? And you should know who I am so you can continue on listening to me just talk about things <laughs> and, Well, first of all, my name isn't actually Jupiter, and this is going to be the only time in this podcast that I'm going to talk about this. Um, Otherwise, you'll call me Jupiter as if it was my name, but Jupiter isn't my name. My name is actually Juliana with a J. I I have that name. It's not too common in the U.S. uh, or anywhere else where you speak English because I'm actually not from any of those countries. I'm actually Brazilian. So, there you have it. Um, Just to clear out some things, a Brazilian doesn't speak Spanish. Brazilians speak Portuguese because we were colonized by the Portuguese a while ago. Um, So, my first language is actually Portuguese. English is my second language. And um, so, I already apologize for further mistakes and anything like that because this is not my first language. Although I'm considered fluent, um, there's still little little things that don't work out as well. Uh, but I mean, I guess you'll be able to understand me in a way. Now, I will talk a little bit about myself. Uh, now, you'll notice that sometimes I tend to ramble because I talk too quickly. And that's just something about me and something that I have to get better on. I hope this project will help me do that. Now, um... What was I going to say? See, this is another thing. I tend to forget things a lot. I'm looking at a screen right now with topics that I want to talk about in this episode. So hopefully that would help me uh, stay on track of the things I want to do and want to say here. Now, my story um, with English. Let's talk about that because I was talking about language. Um, I started learning English. When I was um, 11 years old, 11, 12 years old, around that time. And I became, I was considered fluent in intermediate advanced English when I turned 14 to 15. I'm not sure. Um, Just so you know, I'm 16 currently. I'm 16. My birthday is on November 25th. And... Yeah, just so you know, just so you have a little chronological little timeline so you can understand me a little bit better. Now, um, 
I learned English uh, quite quickly, I guess you could consider, um, because learning a language is not as easy as it seems. Um, because, well, it tends to be a little complicated, especially if your first language is so different. Now, Portuguese um, is a language that came from Latin, um, and English is a whole other thing. And, well, both languages are very different, and obviously they have the similarities because every language has similarities, but there are more differences than similarities, especially in pronunciation. It's very different. Um, but I love Portuguese in a way that I will work with this in the future. I'm getting ready to go to college and study literature and linguistics, which is something I adore. I absolutely love, and it's my life, and I love it, and I'm going to study it. So language is a big part of my life. And I learned Eng English relatively, relatively, <laughs> Jesus, how do you pronounce this word? Relatively, rel I, you know what I mean? I learned English quite quickly and it was great. I, it has given me a huge advantage, uh, not only in school, but in the learning process as in general. You'll see from, as time goes by, that I love learning things. I love learning new things. And, you know, the ability of learning a lot of new things came along with the fact that I speak two languages because I get to know more things from both perspectives, and it's great. Um, and, you know, this podcast is now becoming all about being bilingual but i'm gonna leave that to another episode so hopefully um you'll get to listen to more of that now going back to me <laughs> this sounds really egocentric but i promise um we're not gonna talk about me in any episodes besides this one so you know celebrate <laughs> well i i have to tell you that i grew up in a family who values reading and knowledge and stuff like that. mainly from my dad's side of the family my dad taught me how to read my dad taught me um to love reading to always read books and stuff like that he introduced me to reading and i'm so grateful for that because um reading is such a huge part of my life i love it i love reading i spend a lot of my time reading, I feel like I have more affinity to my books than I do with um, other people, which is interesting if you think about it. Um, but I love reading, and reading has become a, par a big part of my life. And with reading comes along learning things, be it grammar, be it learning a new story, or just learning knowledge in general, because textbooks are meant for that and I love learning I love learning about biology I love learning about physics and chemistry as a hobby really I love learning things I love getting to know facts about the world and understanding it a little better and it's just great it's a big part of my life learning things and well it started with the reading obviously and then, you know, as I grew older, um, I'm, a, I'm an only child. 
So I was kind of forced into the adult world a little bit earlier than everybody else because I never had a sibling or, you know, cousins young enough to, you know, interact with me in a way that I could be myself, a child. And so I grew up a little bit quicker. Delete that. Um, I grew up a little bit faster than everybody else in maturity-wise, obviously. And I was always a little bit of the outsider, really. Um, You know, making friends was always really hard for me because I didn't know... Um, if people would like me or not, I've always had, <laughs> I've always been prone to anxiety. Now I have an actual anxiety disorder, um, but I've always been prone to this anxiety of, am I good enough? And are people going to like me? And, you know, things like that. So I've always been super self-conscious because of this amount of knowledge that I have, because I have nothing else to talk about with someone. If you sit down with me to talk about stuff. I will just start rambling about everything that I've learned that week, stuff that doesn't even make sense. And sometimes people find me quite annoying in a way because I just correct people a lot, but not because, um, you know, I want them to feel stupid or something like that, but because, you know, when I know something is wrong, I like to fix it in a way so i i kind of sound really annoying and really like just like too much of a brain so making friends for me has always been hard but i was able to find a group of friends that was actually uh, great enough to understand me in that way and it's great it's great when you find friends who understand who you are and just go with it because I also have a sense of humor that's very specific I have very dark humor and you know so a lot of people don't understand this and my very select group of friends um understands it but it's very few people so you know making new friends for me has always been hard so I've always been the outsider of school meaning I was always the one who didn't have a group of friends and you know who just sat by themselves all day long just doing homework and stuff because I didn't have anyone to talk to and that's when I started writing now writing is gosh writing is my life i will talk more about writing in another episode but i love writing and i started writing when i was around eight to nine years old and i was back in middle elementary school i don't know and i started writing about the people's lives people that i saw at school my colleagues my you know so-called friends and I started writing about it, but I, it never hit me like, oh, writing. It was just like, it was just a way to pass time. It was a way to not feel as lonely. And um, I, I changed schools later on when I was nine to ten years old. And we, we started having writing lessons. We started taking writing lessons. And... I found out that I actually had a talent for writing. My teachers loved my stuff. I 
could write for days. I wrote well. And also, I had great grammar and punctuation because of how much I read in my lifetime. So I, I, I kind of, you know, stood out a little bit to them. But it was still like, you know, something that didn't really hit me, like, oh, writing. It was just, you know, part of, like, school life. It wasn't a big deal for me then. And then when I got to high school, it really became what it is today, because I won this literary contest at school, and, you know, I became more and more passionate about writing. I started writing a lot. This year, I started taking the bus downtown by myself, so seeing all these different people every day uh, inspires you, in a way. So I started writing more. I, I started writing short stories almost every day. And I love it. And it's a big part of my life. I can't live, I can't leave it out of this episode in any way because it's part of who I am. My writing is my way to express myself um, differently uh, because talking and speaking is, is different, right? It's a different language. It's, it's different. It's just different. If you're a writer, you know what I'm talking about. And I love it. I think... It's incredible, and I, you know, I never want to stop writing, and I feel like I'm going to study literature and linguistics just to, you know, get even better at it um, in the future, because I want to become a writer um, soon, and it's really exciting. Now, you know, more about me. Let's see, because my life isn't that interesting. I really... You know, I, I, I went through some bullying and stuff like that, but, you know, it's not, like, such a big part of my life that it's changed me in a way. But, you know, it's molded me, obviously. Every experience you go through changes you in a way. And, obviously, you know, my, experience, uh, my experiences with social life really changed who I am um, throughout my life. And, you know... I just, I feel, I don't know, it's interesting, <laughs> but yeah, my life, my life is boring, really, because I'm just this boring uh, black sheep of the family that's never really, you know, like, I've had, you know, I've had a pretty good life, um, because my parents, since I'm an only child, it's easier to, like, you know, quotation marks here, uh, give me everything I want, um, because obviously I'm the only one, and, you know, my family was never too scarce on money, so we, we had the, we had the ability to, you know, buy a lot of things, so I, I, I grew up in a great, in a great way, I guess the only problem, I don't know if you can call it a problem, but I, the problem you can find in my in my childhood is the fact that I, I grew up too soon. Um, I grew up to be an adult and a teenager too soon. And I miss it today. And you know, back in the day, it didn't really make a difference. But today, I miss um, my childhood in a way. I miss having fun and playing around um, as a child. Because what happened is that um, my parents, they both work with technology, and my dad adores it, we always have the latest version of Windows, um, you know, the best technology-ish 
kind of thing because my dad works with software so it's you know awesome and as a child as a very young age I already used the computer like I do today I had the computer as a tool before anybody else my age did so I spent too long on the internet and back in the day we didn't have like you know family-friendly content or stuff like that. You could literally just browse the internet with no limitations and just find a bunch of stuff that um, you probably shouldn't be watching um, too soon because, you know, those fucking ads and, you know, all of that. A child just doesn't know that there's something dangerous in that. So, you know, I was very curious. I was always a very curious person. I guess that's where my love for learning comes from and I was so curious and I would research things and I would go through the internet I would go through the settings on my computer because I love doing that and I spent way too long on the internet I feel like that kept me from making friends and for from being a social individual because I was raised to be a straight-a student to be you know polite to be to be great in every way, I'm guessing. And, you know, and I grew up to be that person. So, you know, uh, my parents, you know, they, they, they judge me a lot today because I don't have a social life and I can't leave my home as often. I can't enjoy myself as often. But because I grew up this way and I got so used to it that it's my comfort zone to be at home in front of a computer playing video games or watching a video or recording a podcast like I'm doing right now. And I love it. It's it's part of my life. It's part of who I am. It's part of what I do. And, you know, the internet really shaped me as a person. Now, Obviously, today, the influence that the internet has is so much different because, you know, every, now children actually use the internet like I did as a child and like nobody else did <laughs> back in my day. Now everybody lives online. Children younger than I am have the latest version of the iPhone. They have Snapchat, they have Instagram, they have a YouTube account so they can like and subscribe to their favorite YouTubers. Like, it's so crazy if you think about it. The, the children these days, they, they not only live online, but they are born online. You know, like lately, uh, whenever someone's born, the first thing or like one of the first things that the family does is post about it online. So you're literally born online these days. And back in my day, <laughs> I sound old saying this, um, but back in my day, it wasn't like that. We, you know, we had film cameras, not even digital cameras. So, you know, the influence that the internet has, like I was saying, it's so huge these days that, you know, th that guy, that guy, Logan Paul, you know, for instance, so Logan Paul, Jake Paul, I don't, I don't fucking know, apparently they're two different people, I don't know, um, but those guys, they are so huge today, um, I, I, let me, I don't want to give you fake data or something like that, so I'll research right now, since I'm in front of my computer, how many subscribers these guys have, because, I know that they're a huge influence. I've seen people at my school with 
here in Brazil with merch of these guys and stuff like that. Okay, Logan Paul Vlogs, that's the name of his channel, has over 18 million subscribers only in that um, channel. And then we have Jake Paul, I think it's his brother. And he has 16 million on his vlog channel. And he has the Team 10 one, I think. I don't know. But they're huge. Almost the same. They, combined, they have half the subscribers of PewDiePie. Which is insane. PewDiePie is the Earth's most subscribed channel ever. With 65 million subscribers. I just checked. This is today's... Uh, <laughs> updated data uh this is insane the amount of people who watch these guys and if you if you research on the analytics because now you're able to create a google account with your real age as long as you're above 13 years old you're over t you're older than 13 years old and back in my day, we had to fake our birth dates so we could create accounts. We had to be 21 or older. And I was, what, I was 10 years old and I had, you know, social media. So I had to fake my birth date. And that was super common. Now it's not. I was able to change back the dates now uh, to my actual birth date. So it's a little bit more... A little more real. Um, but if you consider the analytics of these guys, um, you know, obviously there's some, you know, um, fake ages on the analytics, probably. But most of the analytics of these guys. Now, I don't want to give, again, I don't want to just give you common sense data. So I'm just going to look uh, on the Logan Paul channel and I'm going to see the analytics because I'm pretty sure most of the people uh, who watch these guys are really young to the to the point where they're, you know, younger than I am and, you know, like 13 or stuff like that. How do I... How do I know the analytics of a channel? Can I see maybe on the video, on the last video he posted? Well, I I don't watch these guys, okay? I'm not a big fan. I just, I, I don't know. I feel like their content is so vain and so, how can I say this? It's so superficial, you know? It's so, like... It's so useless, and, uh, you know, they just make content for nothing to show off. I don't know why they make content, uh, but they make content for, for, for children uh, with terrible, terrible influence on them, because these children are acting like these people, you know? Okay, so Logan Paul, let's see. He has had, on the last 30 days, he has had over 40 million views, which is not as much as he had back in the day, because obviously he lost a lot of popularity because of the, the videos that he made on, like, you know, uh, the, the suicide forest and stuff like that, like, not cool. <laughs> Um, but, you know, he's, he's huge, uh, online right now. He, he gains uh, around five, 
thousand subscribers per minute. It's crazy. Um, and this is interesting because, you know, these guys, they just have so much uh, people that so many people who watch them. And, you know, I don't know. It's so interesting because they know about their, their influence. They do. Trust me, they do. They know about their, their influence on young people. But they still make content that's so superficial and that helps these children develop the materialistic uh, way of society now. You know, we just continue the same thing with these creators because it's so sad because he is more, he's viewed more times than great creators. Like uh, a guy that I really enjoy, Jack's Films, he makes incredibly original content. He is incredible and he doesn't have as many subscribers and he has a smaller grade overall grade by you know viewers which is crazy to me uh pewdiepie obviously is the huge is a huge youtuber everybody knows him um and obviously he he has he he almost he he earns um about a million dollars per month the guy is rich and you know he has a huge influence but PewDiePie is different because he has this way of expressing himself that's so real and um, obviously if you take his latest videos because if you take the old ones he has already admitted to this he faked a lot of it uh, to seem funny and cool but now he's so he's so authentic and I, I think that's what truly matters um, being authentic, because these guys, Logan Paul, Jake Paul, be it, be whoever they are, they, well, they're so superficial, they're such superficial people, they're not original at all, they just make whatever other YouTubers make, challenges, tags, whatever you call those, it's not original content, and if you take, you know, a lot of YouTubers do gameplays, obviously, this is, this is a genre of YouTube that, you know, has, you know, matters a lot, and you take guys like Markiplier, uh, Jacksepticeye, these guys are so passionate about what they do, they love what they do, they know what they're doing. They know how much influence they have on these people. And they go through with it. They make the best out of it because they want to make the best out of it. They know that this influence is meaningful. And it's so important to keep that in mind. When you, when you go online and you make content that children will be able to view, obviously... If you don't mark your video as older than 18, um, anybody will be able to watch your videos. You can't just exclude the possibility that a child will watch it. 
And so you have to be aware of that influence that you put on these people. And these guys, Logan Paul, Jay Paul, even other creators, I'm not even going to mention names, but, you know, other creators who have this influence and they're just influencing these children and these young people to be superficial, to be materialistic, to be... Uh, to consume more, to spend their money like there's no tomorrow. They're influenced children to being superficial individuals. And we're getting to a point where children these days are so superficially dumb in a way that you can't have a conversation with a, ch- with a child because they're so caught up in the online world. These these people they see online, they want to be those people. So they act like those people. And it's incredibly disappointing because you just exclude every possibility of originality and creativity. And that's sad, you know. And then you see a lot of parents also exploiting their children these days to make content to gain money off of them because they know it's successful they know a career online these days is super successful brands have already accepted that marketing on tv isn't working as much anymore and marketing on the internet actually works because more people live online now instead of in front of a tv and online you can be online everywhere. You, you To be in front of a TV, you obviously have to be in front of a TV. You can't just, you know, have a TV around. Obviously, you can today, but you know what I mean. Like, the internet is so much more... Is so much stronger than it used to be, and you know all this content and all this. And I want to keep, and I want to um, put it as an example. A YouTuber, a Brazilian YouTuber, that's very famous around here. Um, let me see his information. I feel like he has over 10 million subscribers, but I'm not sure. I know he's very huge out here. People love him. He. Uh, makes content for mainly he makes content for children um, apparently that's the category his channel is under comedy for children I think you know family friendly content funny content his name is Filipineto and he has I didn't know this data I thought he only had around 10 million subscribers but he has almost 25 million subscribers on his channel it's insane and you know this is crazy because he has such an influence and it he started um he started interestingly enough he started a year um that complain about politics and talk about very important topics like you know um Mainly, like, he talks about he thinks that we're very interested, um, very part of our day to complain about it, and he had great content. Started off this child, this this childish content, and he became. You know, I'm sorry, I'm gonna say this. I know he refuses to uh, accept this criticism, but he has become everything that he has criticized. You know, the superficial content, the these con this clickbait based uh, content that's so superficial that's so disposable he has been doing that for 
a few months now, a few years now, actually, uh, when he started off as a super politically influential person, along with other guys, uh, other OG guys from the Brazilian YouTube community, like Kawemura and Pesesiquera, all of them, they grew as channels with politics, but Felipe Neto was the one who you know, went away from that and just started looking for successful content. So he started doing childish comedy, um, you know, a lot of the times copying a lot of things, you know, the main YouTubers out there do. So it's not original content at all. It's just a, a Brazilian version of content that already exists out there. And, you know, his his statistics are impressive. Because he spent a few years. Now, he was this really polemic guy back in the day on YouTube, on Brazilian YouTube, because he complained about, stay, about things and he was very angry in his videos. And, you know, he, he, he made those videos, like, like, weekly. And then he started this company uh, with, a, like, a channel that became very huge, um on comedy sketches and you know he was the ceo of this company and stuff like that so he stopped making his own content for a while so he went a few years um offline in that matter making content of his own he just didn't and you know after a few years he returned with a little bit more casual content i guess you could say because his older content um he was you know he was a character he he said that he he played a character in his other videos this angry character he wasn't like that in real life and he started making videos after a while uh, as himself, talking about things that he liked. Um, he talked a lot about books. He talked a lot about this influence I'm talking to you right now, about this superficial influence of creators. He talked about that. And then he started this clickbait content. He started with this idea that every time he reached a milestone of every million subscribers, he would dye his hair a different color. So that in itself, it's clickbait. He wants people to subscribe. He wants more money, um, you know, in his pocket, obviously. He started promoting his brother, um, who's just as annoying as he is. They're, you know, I, I dare to say that they're the Paul brothers of Brazil because they make such superficial content, so disposable, so worthless, that children watch and that's the worst part children are influenced by these people they love them and and it's become like fashionable for youtubers here in brazil to release books because that makes money obviously and they release books about their lives but they don't have a life worth writing about not yet they're not old enough for that and then they make these activity books and stuff like that they get a lot of money from that and they're just drifting these children that watch them away from the true reading the real literature so they're just influencing uh you know children the wrong way the wrong way in that matter so you know, this huge influence that creators have today is immeasurable. You know, I, I live with people younger than I am because I, I, I tend to make 
friends with people who are two years younger than I am. For some reason, I have an easy time with children. And I see how much it influences them because I see them running for these stupid books in bookstores. I see them uh, wearing merchandise from these people. I see them talk about these people. I see them watch these people on, I don't know, school breaks or whenever they have free time to do so. That's what they're doing. So, you know, I feel like these guys, these creators, these YouTubers, they should be aware of how much influence they have they actually have and how much uh, this is changing people this is changing the world this is changing society in a way and that we can't deny so you know i i feel like they should be more aware of that and start making content that's original that inspires people that inspires creativity and stuff like that Obviously, after a while, it will get boring. People will get bored of it. But, you know, you just have to follow on with trends. Like, for example, one of my favorite, I feel like my favorite creator is Shane Dawson. Shane Dawson, he has been on YouTube for 10 years. And you can't possibly name any other YouTuber who's been on YouTube this long. And it's still as successful as they were in the pinnacle of their success. Shane has been relevant from the beginning until now because he follows on with the trends his own way. He makes content his own way, but inspired by trends or things that people have been enjoying. For example, for a long time, people hated watching long videos on YouTube. They wanted shorter videos. So, you know, channels made more short videos and channels who made short videos originally they gained more success and then you know it, it transitioned to you know viewers who wanted to watch longer videos who wanted to spend more time watching a video watching a content and like an episode of a tv show for example and, you know, YouTubers that were used to short videos, they were like, you know, I'm going to continue with the short videos. And they lost their popularity and they started trying to bring that popularity back by doing challenges and stuff like that. Um, unoriginal content. And what Shane did is he grabbed uh, these trends and he made them their own. So he started making content that applied to the trends, but his own in his own way, in his own originality, which is incredible. That's why he's still relevant. That's why people love him. I love him because he is relatable and he makes creative content that nobody else on the platform does. So, you know, the, the fact there's there are such repetitive content there's such repetitive content online now and the fact that all this repetitiveness is superficial um is just sad it's you know is just plainly sad um but you know i think that's enough for today um i feel like 40 minutes listening to me talk and ramble about things is enough for your day but uh, you know for some final considerations i just i i just want to give you stuff that i'm probably going to give you every week by by the end of every episode um I'm going to do a little, you know, overview of my week in a way. I'm going to tell you what I'm currently reading. Uh, the song of the week, the song that is, I've been listening to the most throughout the week. 
And the fact of the week, because obviously, as you know, I love learning new things. I'm very curious about things. So I'm going to bring you a really cool fact that maybe you knew, maybe you didn't. Who knows? Now, I'm currently reading a book called Sharp Objects by Gillian Flynn. Now, this book is incredible. I'm almost around half of it. Um, it's a very dark book. If you like Stephen King kind of stuff, you will probably like this book. It's very mysterious, it's very great. I'm not going to give out any spoilers, but it's about this journalist that goes back to her hometown um, to, you know, write an article on murders that happened there, but she has to go through all of the nostalgia that comes with that. So, you know, her, her very abusive, um, you know, childhood and, you know, bad relationship with her mother. So it's really amazing. It's really good. It's very well written. I recommend it to you if you're looking for something to read. The song of the week... The song that I've been listening to most this week is Meant to Be by Baby Rexa. I feel like the song is old and and it was trendy just like months ago, but I, I got to it because I was watching a what's their name? Cimarelli video and they sang this song and it was amazing. I loved it. And I wanted to listen to it and I started listening to it and I, I put it on repeat. Um and if you're more of a classical person, a classical music person, I recommend you listen to Claire de Lune by Claude Debussy, one of the best impressionists in music of all time. Um, that song is beautiful, and I really, really recommend it to you, even if you don't like classical because it's gorgeous. Now, the fact of the week, I got it from Reader Dri- Reader's Digest. And it says that the American flag was designed by a high school student. The, the current American flag. I'm going to read it to you what it says. It started as a school project for Bob Heft's junior year history class. And it only earned a B- in 1958. His design have, had 50 stars even though Alaska and Hawaii weren't states yet. Heft figured the two would earn statehood soon and showed the government his design. After President Dwight D. Eisenhower called to say his design was approved, uh, Heft's teacher changed his grade to an A. So this is really cool. I didn't know that. I I found it on Reader's Digest because I was looking on Google for interesting facts. And I found this and I I thought it was really interesting. Um, If you didn't find it interesting... uh, I'm sorry about that. I'll try to bring more interesting things to you guys. But if you um, liked me in a way and you want to, you know, know more about me or want to read my stuff because I write or you want to just talk to me in a way, you can check me out on my blog, my, my little blog where I write about my life. A lot of them are, you know, letters for people who broke my heart or just, you know, a little venting about my life. Um, you can check it out on hi it's Jupiter altogether dot blogspot dot com. And if you want to read my fan fiction, I have one fan fiction published because all my fan fiction sucks besides this one. Uh, so if you want to read a little bit more of my uh, 
if you want to read a little bit of my literary production, you can go to fanfiction.com slash jupitersova and you'll be able to see my one Life is Strange fanfiction, which is my favorite game, by the way. Um, so I hope you enjoyed this first episode. Now, I don't know if this is going to be a daily thing or a weekly thing. Uh, hopefully only weekly because I don't have much time. But if you enjoyed this, um, I don't know. I was going to say leave a thumbs up, but I don't think you can do this on Anchor. So if you like this, um, make sure to contact me. Tell me ideas for content, what to say, what to talk about uh, in the next episode. And, uh, you know, don't forget to, I don't know, leave a like, leave a comment. Just let me know what you think because I really like getting feedback on the things I make. And I hope you enjoyed this very first episode of Jupiter Says Hi. But now I'm saying goodbye. Um, thank you for listening and I'll see you in the next episode. Bye! Wait, I, I'm gonna wait until it turns 45 minutes.